another edition of the Columbia University Sports Podcast, The Cusp Show. I'm Joe Favorito, flying solo again this week as Tom Richardson is off somewhere on, uh, I think, the Long Island Sound this week doing something. Uh, vacation he is. We're in the middle of the summer of 2017. Um, we've talked a lot about the future of sports, sports business, uh, sports technology engagement on this show, but we've never talked to that topic with people who are actually just coming into the business and have a different perspective. Um, for three weeks every summer, uh, Columbia hosts a business of sports program for aspiring and rising high school students. Um, it's three weeks kind of all intensive, uh, and we touch on every aspect of the business. So we thought it would be good before we exit the program this year to bring in some of the students who come from pretty various diverse backgrounds to talk a little bit about, not just about the program, but about where they're consuming media, how they're consuming media, and how it's different from probably a lot of the people who either listen to our podcast or have been on our podcast. So why don't we go around? We have four guests from various backgrounds. Uh, I'm going to start with a person on my left who has a very unique English language name. Uh, and then we'll go around and just have them introduce themselves and start the conversation. Cristiano, why don't you get us started? Uh, hi, everybody. My name is Cristiano. Uh, I'm from China. But I study in Canada right now. Where in Canada? Uh, Vancouver. In Vancouver. Uh, my name is Patrick Craig. I'm from Southern Connecticut, and I will be a freshman uh, going to college. Where are you going to college? Uh, I'm playing baseball at Kenyon College. Kenyon College in Ohio, correct? Yes, sir. There you go. And you're a left-handed pitcher, right? I am. There you go. What's going on? My name is Marvin Pusong Zita. I'm a, a rising senior from San Francisco. And where do you go to high school, Morgan? Mission High School. And what foot? What sport do you play? I almost gave it away. Football. Uh, my name's Alexa Simpson. I'm from Connecticut. I am a rising senior. I go to Farmington High School and I swim and play lacrosse. Answered all your questions right there. There you go. <laughs> See, once again, Alexa covers <laughs> off everything. Pat doesn't answer any questions. <laughs> so let's talk briefly about um, how you guys consume media, especially sports media. One of the things that came up in the class, and it's a class of 27 students is that nobody basically reads a newspaper, which wouldn't surprise anybody on uh, who listens to our podcast, given the way media is going. But where do you guys get your media from? Um, what do you consider reliable sources? So, so Alexa, why don't you start us off? Where do you get your media from? Um, mostly ESPN and Bleacher Report, just because I am big on college football and I follow that a lot. So you get a lot of the recruitment updates, especially from Bleacher Report and then college football news from ESPN. Marvin? Oh, I mean, just to add on top of that, uh, alongside ESPN and Bleacher Report, and, you know, um, a really big thing for me is Twitter. Mm -hmm. Twitter is a really fast-growing social media, and you it covers all types of uh, aspects, whether it be sports, music, entertainment, anything. That's where I consume a lot of my um, news. Pat? I actually listen to a lot of podcasts. It's very accessible. Pat's really good at sucking up for anybody who's <laughs> No, I do. Uh, actually, I remember I've been listening to podcasts since I was uh, really young. I actually would go to bed listening to And you're to 17 the... now? 19. 19, okay. Yeah, I'm so, old. I'm trying to figure out you went to prep school as well. <laughs> yes, yeah, sir. Louis Chafee, shout out. Um, I actually went to bed listening to the Colin Cowherd show, and it's just very accessible. There's a variety of podcasts that are out there. Did it put I you think... to sleep? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> nice. It's a good way to go yeah. to bed. But what yeah. I view podcasts as, it's an opportunity to listen to really intellectual people, which I'm kind of ruining that right now, but you get to listen to these incredibly insightful people and their conversation, and it's literally right at the tips of your phone, and I agree with Marvin, I do a lot of Twitter as well, because it's kind of like live, uh, simple content right at your hands. And, and Cristiano, I want you to touch on two things, mm -hmm. how you consume media in Canada, and then what is it like when you're back home to try and consume some of the other things that these guys have talked about? Uh, so... Back home in China, uh, Twitter was banned, mm -hmm. uh, and then I use a Chinese app for like sports uh, news. Which one is that? Hupu. Okay. And so it's like uh, they they have like editors and writers. They translate uh, news from other newspapers, say Football Italia, or like some other news media, mm -hmm. and then they turn into like a say like a La Liga portion or say like NBA portion of the uh, app, and then I get my news mainly from that. And then when, you, when you're in, and where do you go to school in Vancouver? Uh, Lower Bing Secondary. And then, so what's the difference in terms of consumption there for you? Uh, I guess it's basically the same, like ESPN, Bleach Report, like we, we all, we basically have the same thing 
Mm-hmm. Um, what about sports? Are there there are different things? Uh, esports and gaming came up as a topic in class. Um, not only you guys, but the the groups that you have around and your friends. Um, have you in the last couple of years seen a kind of a change of how people engage in sports? Is it more just on a phone or people giving up their TVs and cord cutting, as people are saying? So where are you guys kind of looking for video highlights or uh, news other than some of the sites you mentioned, Marvin? Oh, absolutely. Um, cell phones. I mean, that's like it's so incredible how you find younger generations, younger than us, like little kids on their phones aspiring to be athletes. You know, for example, like me, James Harrison, that's why I aspire to be or play like. And I watch his highlights like 20 minutes on my phone on, a, I want to say a daily basis, but a lot. So I think, you know, cell phones are really changing the game. And uh, that's where a lot of people consume their media mm-hmm. and news. So that's where it's at. Alexa? Um, for me, I have a lot of friends. And just going through, like, recruitment for swimming, it's completely different. It's time-based. But usually, like, huddle, like, it's growing in mm-hmm. recruitment in recruitment stuff and so just like being able to have that access to like upload recruitment videos and watch recruitment videos um I think it's gotten a lot easier to do it on your phone rather than just having to like rely on like scouts and everything you can easily access everything and Pat you've just gone through that process correct and what was that like were people coming to you for highlights did you go and create your own highlight video the high school athletic recruiting process is very sticky um it's an unbelievable process to go through. It's definitely a lot. There are actually services, believe it or not, where people will offer their services of video production and uh, for mm-hmm. payment. So you have that. I have buddies that, uh, luckily, Loomis, there's a lot of athletics that would, a lot of athletes that go on to college level. And mm-hmm. so they go through that experience and they're willing to help with um, you know making the video, producing the video. But what I noticed a lot, kind of like what Marvin and Alexis said, a lot of athletes use social media as a tool for recruiting. Uh, I know, especially on the football team, there are a lot of guys that are DMing coaches, and they're DMing them. Uh, literally, they're sliding into the Absolutely. DMs, and they're sliding in their that's the loophole. That's the loophole, right? That, that, yeah. That yeah. Right now, yeah. Correct? And it's yeah. an easy way to contact people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've definitely seen. And to answer your uh, prior question about where do we get, uh, how do we consume our media, I think streaming is a whole new platform. I went to boarding school, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, for four years, you know, you can't rely on, you know, the cable at your parents' house. You're in your room, you have your laptop. Most kids have their laptops. They don't have, you know, a giant TV. So a lot of sites, I know Fox Sport Go, uh, streaming their Yankee games, that's how I would consume my media, you know, over Watch ESPN, over those platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to touch a little bit about authenticity. Uh, and this is, Christiana, we can start with you. Um, everybody now in the, the business world talks about is a message authentic? Will we believe it? Is it believable? Um, should we follow athletes who transgress the law? Um, how do you judge whether something is real and authentic and whether an athlete's delivering a message or a brand is delivering a message that you really want to believe in? What, what are some of the things you look for? Because uh, I want to say, like, athletes stay, like, because uh, I remember there was a speaker that came into the class and he said, uh, whenever a uh, uh, player writes uh, or tweets something like he's al- already being written it's not like he actually put in the thought mm-hmm. to write about something he really cared about I feel like it's really hard to tell that if he is actually behind this uh, thing that he's trying to push or uh, he, he actually cared for the cause that he, he like that he's trying to promote what do you guys think I mean, I mean is it something this is for all three of you Alexa um, I think of based on authenticity, the biggest name that came to my mind was guys like LeBron James. It's kind of what you see in the media. Like he gets a lot of hate just because of who he is and how big his platform is. But it's guys that you never see. Like he's never done anything really bad. Like he's been a consistency is like one of the biggest things. Like he's consistently a good person like off the court. And he's even though he gets like a ton of crap for like being one of the best people and it's been controversy like what he does as a person speaks a lot about the authenticity of the player and so I think like if you look up someone's name like what is the news that comes up is it good so when you're googling them that's how you get you get a good feel for for whether they're real or not their name is in the spotlight Mm -hmm. for like a good reason or a bad reason so So we're sitting here and we're looking around I'm trying to see who's got brands Uh, uh, Marvin has a Nike shirt on so we'll, we'll kind of start there what about on the brand side when you guys are buying or looking to consume stuff. One of the things that came up that I thought was interesting in the class is 
when someone said, have you bought something online? And Amazon came up, everybody's hand went up. So you obviously go online to do a lot of purchasing. How do you decide if a brand is authentic? Mm -hmm. uh, it, you know, is it the athlete that they're engaged with? Is it some of the stuff they do at the grassroots level? Is it giving back? Like we talked about Tom's shoes in class. Uh, Pat, what do you think about about how brands, how can brands be authentic to a generation like you? So I am a sheep consumer. And so I'd like to believe, mean? so that means that I'm perfect for all these marketing uh, research groups and everything because I'm such a sucker for all of these like endorsements and production. If I see a LeBron James, is a sheep actually a thing? I'm like a sheep consumer. You're just making. Like, I'm just like a follow. No, no, no like, oh, I'm like okay. a follower. Like that's a new phrase. I've never heard of a sheep consumer before. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. so go ahead. It's big in New Zealand. Um, yeah, so, so anyway. I'll like watching the <laughs> so. NBA Finals last year. I'll see LeBron James do what he does, wearing Nikes, and he has these incredible like Nike produced commercials, and they just like give me these feelings, and I they move me. And so it's aspirational. Like, it's aspirational. Like we watch. The NBA cares uh, their commercials, and to me, that made me want to go play basketball. There's something in the production of their commercials and their advertisements mm -hmm. that just get me. Uh, I'd like to think that it's because I believe in their brand, their message, their core, their authenticity. But if I'm being truthful and honest, it comes down to you know their endorsements. Who are their athletes? Like, what are they in my life? So, Marvin, what about someone who is inauthentic? Is there an example of an athlete or a celebrity who you wouldn't follow because? They're just too much out there. Wow. Um, I mean, yeah, with a lot of football players. I mean, yeah, football players, you know, there's always some kind of scandal going on. And that, of course, always plays into, like, you know, endorsements. So say if a player is endorsed by Nike and he does fall into some type of scandal, you know, I mean. I would, would, that, would that make you upset about Nike or would it make you upset about the player? The player. The mm -hmm. player, absolutely. But then that just makes me kind of want to stay away from, like, the player and, like, you know, his product because mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to be a part of that or represent that in any way. Cristiano, mm -hmm. is it the same when you go back to China in terms of building brands of athletes? Do people, you know, there's the famous stories obviously of Kobe and Dwayne Wade and Stefan Marbury, uh, now Steph Curry, I would imagine. Um, is that the most important thing? And how do you go as a consumer? Do you Is your buying pattern to pick something out different when you're in Vancouver as it is when you're in China? Uh, so I don't know if you have heard uh, the Clay Thompson. He went to a, the Ch uh, China tour, mm -hmm. and he gained a lot of a lot of uh, millions and millions of Chinese fans because of uh, the funny videos, or, or or like he made like 360 and uh, dunk, but he missed it, mm -hmm. and he did like very uh, a lot of things that daily Chinese people would do. Like that made a lot of Chinese. Not people a lot of big dunkers like, in China, is that what you're saying? No, like they he did like he tried those like weird Chinese food like Chinese people don't even try them <laughs> like, so he did some some things like that really uh, let people fall in love with him so it became very authentic so yes. Clay Thompson builds in it you think it's the same way it sounds like it would be the same way here if an athlete really kind of shows his human side mm -hmm. yes um, um, let's talk about a little bit about game consumption you guys go to a game we went to several games in, in the three week period uh, ironically uh, and I don't want to speak for everybody but Probably one of the, the most impressive game experiences actually was the WNBA as yeah, opposed to going to Major yeah. League Baseball um, or even Minor League Baseball. What was the difference? And when you go to a game now, um, what, what are some of the things that you look for that makes the experience good for you, Marvin? And that could be any game. Well, I guess for me, I mean, just coming from the West Coast is the fan base, absolutely. Um, you know, being a Stanford Cardinal fan, uh, going to quite a few Stanford games, you know, the fan base out there is large. Like, like just going to the game, it's a whole different experience. Um, a whole lot of interactions, especially with, like, the staff, you know. And that just really makes you want to actually come to the game. And, like, I, there's nothing better than, you know, than a wonderful fan base around you to improve your experience. Alexa? Um, I think the biggest thing, it's a WNBA game. Like, I've never been to one, but when we went, it was the camp day, and it was huge because you had all these kids banging those, like, plastic <laughs> sticks, and they would just... Crazy. Yeah, crazy. and it was incredibly loud, and I feel like it wasn't loud, so it was annoying, but it was loud, so it got the entire crowd hyped up. Like, the sound guy for 
Madison Square Garden was incredible, and he was playing all the songs that, like, all the kids knew. So everyone was singing along. And just, like, the atmosphere of the game was so much more engaging. Like, when we went to the Major League Baseball game, yeah, it's a much bigger sport and draws a bigger crowd. But, like, everyone was kind of sitting there. It was hot and stuff. And no one was really, like, actively acting as fans. It was more, like, people were watching the game. People were walking around. But at the WNBA game, it was all about, like, the experience and having fun. And so I think it was just a lot more entertaining sitting in the crowd that the baseball game. Pat, you're a baseball guy. You're sitting there kind of a little bit upset about Alexa's comments. <laughs> I'm, I actually completely agree. I had the, I shared the exact same opinion on the WNBA game. We went there at that camp day, and a, we have to, uh, we should, we should say that was their record attendance for the season. Mm-hmm. But the energy that was provided by those little kids going absolutely nuts, like mm-hmm. every single promotion, like that's what I feel like promoters in these events and these arenas, that's what they dream of. Um, they're going crazy, and it's like inspirational to see their energy, and it feeds off of you. And I think venue has a huge thing to do with that. And there's nothing that Major League Baseball can do to change that because it's an open space. You know, at, at Madison Square Garden, I knew this when I was young. Uh, you're right, Joe. I'm a huge baseball fan. I go to baseball games, and it's more of like there's like an art of watching baseball. But when I went to basketball games when I was younger, you could scream, and you feel like the players on the court could hear you and you could feel like you could hear the echo and you could feel like it really meant something. We're at a baseball game. I feel like if you yell or if you cheer, it just gets lost in just like the huge size of the stadium. So it's just different venues. One of the the upsetting things that happened in this class, and I say that kind of tongue in cheek, <laughs> is that it was pointed out to me that emojis or yeah, bitmojis, <laughs> bitmojis are for old people. I was already, I was hoping someone was going to come up with a bitmoji of me, and then I was told that that's what old people do, which makes me feel good because I'm an old person. Um, I said parents. Parents. So I'm a parent, so that works out okay. What What are some of the things that you think, and this is for all four of you, that professional sports run by a mature a savvy business group don't understand about your generation yet. What don't they get? Pat? Not everything has to be so calculated. I think that's big. I feel so like spontaneity is important. Spontaneity is important. We talked about authenticity. I think that comes across really well. Um, I think like you don't need to like make everything look super good in terms of public relations. Um, and then one thing off of emojis, talking about that, I think GIFs are a lot better than emojis because I think you can have and it's more. GIFs, isn't it? GIF, Maurice. That's a controversial. So, it's GIFs okay. or GIFs, okay. whatever you want to say. Okay. But because it creates a lot more opportunity for funny references or humor, or uh, like you can really personalize GIFs. So mm. I think when um, like big franchises, you can see their Twitter accounts. They're kind of like sometimes they're contrived, they're calculated. But you have some off Twitter accounts like basketball Twitter might be one of the funniest things in the world mm. because of just the responses. They're able to personalize it. So mm. I think I wish. More franchises would be like that. Cristiano, what don't, and, and being Chinese, what don't American audiences understand about global, and you play rugby, yes. so so what don't American audiences or what don't brands or, or teams here understand about how to embrace fans from all over the world? Uh, I think, like, and how the brands can approach the Chinese audience. I think uh, there was a huge uh, controversy in Chelsea Football Club, where there's a, uh, the, the one of their players said, uh, like, uh, I don't know how to put it, like ex- explicit language to China. China. Mm-hmm. So like uh, he was, uh, he called it a huge controversy because uh, when he was in China and uh, he said that, like, uh, China is not good in a mm-hmm. more harsh way. So they, they didn't understand. So it, it's just a dis, uh, not. It's a cultural thing. They don't understand the culture. Uh, and then the coach still played him, mm-hmm. so uh, that caused a huge controversy. Like even one of those uh, government uh, newspaper issued like a, pa- a page saying that uh, this is not uh, tolerable at all. And Chelsea, Chelsea being a global brand, obviously trying to market in China, that's probably not a good idea. Yes, especially after this incident had happened, mm-hmm. uh, they shouldn't play him on the pitch. Mm. Alexa, you talk about being a young woman. Yeah. very active in sports. What are some of the things other than bitmojis that your parents use that, that really tick you off? Uh, <laughs> I don't really know. As you can see, this is bothering me a little bit, but that's okay. <laughs> I mean, it's only really my mom who sends them. My dad hasn't discovered them yet. I'm hoping he doesn't. Um, but I, I feel like there's nothing really that like pisses me off, I mm-hmm. guess. But I think the biggest thing, kind of going back to what we were saying before about like relating to the younger audience in sports, is I never really was a basketball fan 
my entire family is. I just never cared. But then, like, when the whole Steph Curry and his daughter thing came out, it was really cute. And so, like, that person, I don't know if I sound like a girl right now, but, like, that personal feeling with the players, like, they're more than just athletes. Mm-hmm. Like, they're people, too. And so I feel like being able to, like, see the storyline, see the family aspect of it, like, I actually started watching basketball because I thought Riley was really cute. But, like, obviously she wasn't playing in the game, but it made me feel more connected to the players. So I think, the, like, teams just exposing the personal aspects of the players rather than just, like, oh, this is their highlights, this player is really good, because at the end of the day, who cares, you know? Right. Like, kind of just relating to them as people. Marvin, anything to add? I mean, it's pretty much all been said, especially okay. uh, with Pat, um, especially how uh, a lot of, like, sports outlet uh, media uh, – they try to really force news down your throats, mm-hmm. which for me, I really dislike. Um, I'd rather, you know, kind of keep it simple, but keep it interesting in the same like way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, let's, and you being from the Bay Area, I want to stay with you. Let's talk tech a little bit. Oh, yeah. Um, we touched a little bit on the mobile devices. Mm-hmm. Um, how important is it for you guys to get things on a device immediately? And how much does it bother you? when you don't get things in a, a, a time frame. Or the other thing I want to touch on is a paywall. Will you guys pay for things mm. that that would normally you think you should get for free? Marvin, you first. I mean, absolutely. Um, you know, being from the Bay Area, I experienced all the tech, like technology aspect firsthand. And I think cell phones and like social media is the future for like news outlets. That's where, where I see a lot of news going. And personally, I read something on Twitter recently that talked about, oh, would you guys still use Twitter if you had to pay for it? Mm-hmm. Personally, I would, only because um, the content is just so... So they built a demand for you. Yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially being that that's where I get a lot of my news from. Um, you know, I would, I mean, I would hate for it, <laughs> to pay for it, but I mean, at the same time, I would, mm-hmm. only because it's worth it. Pat, now, now let, let's just put everything in perspective. You all do watch cable at some point. Yeah, some yeah, point, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So someone is paying for cable. Your parents are paying yeah, a cable. Yeah. So so when you think about someone saying you want to pay, and by the way, if you ever did look at a newspaper, you actually have to go and buy it yeah. to go get it. Yeah. Um, so is it something that you would want to, that you would pay for? How averse are you if someone says, this is going to cost you a micropayment of 15 cents a dollar um, versus having to always get something for free, Pat? I would. De- I'm definitely willing to pay uh, for content. Um, I think Twitter. Like, I want to keep it free, but I would mm-hmm. pay for Twitter just because of how much I use it. And like mm-hmm. you said, the cable bills. Like when I talked about earlier, how I consume my sports is through streaming. You need to sign in with your cable provider to get access to that. So I would definitely pay for that mm-hmm. uh, as long as it's like accessible, uh, like all the time on my phone. Definitely. Cristiano, uh, when you're when you are in China, how is news distributed? sports news is it obviously it's a much more controlled environment but is it paid for is it just something you're able to get for free on a mobile device uh so like uh china is not as close as you think we will be so there we go there's another stereotype <laughs> exploded thank you so <laughs> so can you uh, do bitmojis though John? Just <laughs> i think so i'm not sorry. sure okay uh, uh so for example hupu the news media i use mm-hmm. they like gather, gather information from like other countries newspapers and stuff Mm-hmm. And we can. We also have like different media outlets that have like same 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 idea as, say, ESPN or like ABC or something like that. But if you want to watch uh, watch a game, is uh, you can only watch it from uh, CCTV, which is the government. Uh, uh, is, he, is that free or, or everyone has to pay for it's it? It's free. Okay. I think. Great. Um, I want to talk a little bit about injuries. All you, all four of you are athletes. Um, a lot of stories about CTE. Marvin, you're a football player. Um, you know, Pat, I'm sure there's no stranger to Tommy John surgery among some of the people you've been around. Cristiano, you play rugby, which is a contact sport. Alexa, you're not as much contact, but there's still a lot of wear and tear. Swimming. Does. Swimming. Um, do injuries concern you? Does, does, how much does that play into your future uh, in terms of participating versus working in a sport? Go ahead. Um, well, injuries for me have been a really big issue. Um, I was think, looking at college swimming, but I've torn my shoulder more times than I'd like to speak about. Mm. And so it's kind of like how much wear do I want to put on my body until 
there's like a limit and so college swimming it's like I'm committing to this but am I going to be able to last the rigor of college swimming without completely burning out and just like tearing apart my body so I think injuries are a huge part in decisions decision wise especially for me like right now but it's a big play mm-hmm. Marvin do you worry about concussions have you I've, ever had a concussion yeah I actually have I mean absolutely especially you know going on Twitter and reading that article about how they had 110 cases of CT out of 111. That was absolutely mind-blowing. Does that, af- does that affect the way you look at football in the NFL now? Yeah, yeah, it definitely does. Wow. Um, I mean, me personally, you know, I've developed such a passion for the sport that, um, like, I'm still going to play my high school games. And, as like, I really want to play college. Um, I just really hope that something's going to happen along the way towards um, preventing concussions, you know, whether it be – some type of technology within the helmets or anything. I just really hope, you know, just having that passion for football, I'd really want to see it around for the future. And Cristiano, from a global perspective, especially playing rugby, does that factor into it? Do people sit there and say, I'm not going to play rugby as a national sport, I'm not going to play soccer because of the injuries, or is it more a U.S. thing? Is it become more global that, that young people are aware of injuries? Uh, for me personal, for example, I remember my chemistry teacher who used to be a rugby coach, he told me there was an a incident that, uh, are you familiar with like, the rugby position first row? Sure. So uh, he, he wasn't, the, the kid wasn't experienced, so the coach just put him in anyways, and then he was in a scrum, and the scrum collapsed, and that guy uh, broke his neck, and then had a permanent damage. And it just happened uh, to an athlete at Cal, too. Uh, there's a, an athlete at Cal who broke his neck and is paralyzed now too. Uh, so I play second row, mm-hmm. and when my coach asked me if I wanted, if if like he he wanted to let me try first row, I was mm-hmm. like, no, wow. <laughs> I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm afraid. Alexa, um, kind of just from a growing up as a girl's perspective in sports, I wanted to play hockey and football when I was little, which is not common for girls, but still ice hockey. Yeah, ice mm-hmm. hockey and football. And one of the things my mom said, she's like, I want to keep your two front teeth. And so I was never able to play those sports, but I mean, I figured if I was a guy, my parents were like, yeah, we probably would have let you play, but I don't know how guys and girls' teeth are different, but I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Pat, what about you? I mean, you're going now, going to go pitch in college. Yeah, and I'm actually really lucky. I actually uh, had, this will be the first year I don't play football. I played football since I was in fourth grade, and I actually have an opportunity to... Do you have any concussions? Uh, I had one in middle school, mm-hmm. but I would be lying if I said I didn't, like, it wasn't in the back of my mind every day I was playing. No pun intended. <laughs> um, and that comes across, like, it's hard to admit that because there's some, like, some macho pride where you don't want to, like, say, like, oh, I'm not scared. Well, you're young. It's never going to happen to you either. So. No, I, I, so. I actually, I was, like, very, It did happen to you. Yeah. So. No, I was very aware of that. Mm-hmm. And you see these people that are suffering with concussion symptoms. I mean... Friday, the MVP, Jim Plunkett, just came out and said, my life sucks. I would never have played football. Wow. Uh, and he's a super, he's an MVP. And there's Stanford like, grad. Yeah. <laughs> and on the flip, you have NFL players like Jamal Adams, who's a young, he's going to be a rookie, he's just drafted out of LSU. He wants to die on the field. Wants to die on the field. Which that's, Marcellus Bennett uh, answered him and he's said. He's a rookie. That's the, that's yeah. the worst thing you could have said. Yeah. So, so. And so, and I'm watching these uh, you know, productions like Netflix, like Last Chance yeah. U, which is unbelievable mm-hmm. production. It's getting into football season. This will be the first time in a really long time I'm not strapping up the helmet. And so I've been debating it, like, heavily in my mind. And this definitely, not a drawback, but this was definitely goes into that consideration. Because I miss, I'm going to miss football. I already miss football mm-hmm. uh, more than I could have imagined. But what do you miss about it? And what will you miss if you guys don't play? Because I want to touch on on going into the business side of sports too so it's team you would say yeah biggest biggest reason I come to practice every day it's like those kids like you get used to just being around them and just the energy it's unmatched there's a grind to it there's this grind that will only form relationships that can only be formed through that grind the Mm -hmm. hard work the grit it's not but you don't think chemistry majors have the same problem when they're trying to solve it I'm serious I'm dead serious there's that competition aspect of it too though because I grew up with a girl on the swim team and we hated each other at first because it was always battle for like number one on the relay and then we ended up just being best friends because it was like that person next to you that's just driving you to be the best person you can be and it's like if I wasn't swimming I'd miss that like but you guys are all competitive in academics as well. So is yeah, it different? Definitely. Do you view it differently? Like, I have to get an A versus I have to finish first or I have oh, to 
be on the first team. Is it a different type of mentality or is it the same? Yeah, there's one where it's individual, where it's, I have to get an A. That's individual, personal goal. And there's one where I need to do this route. I need to block. I need to do this mm-hmm. drill to the mm-hmm. best of my ability. Because if I don't do it, someone on my team's going to suffer. Mm-hmm. Someone on my team, if I don't block this guy, my running back's going to get hurt. He's going to get hit. And so you're... You have to be held accountable, and at our young age, I think that's one of the most important things that we can be exposed to, like having to take responsibility for our actions, being accountable for other people, uh, and just something, there's something about football where, like I know, like the good and the bad, you remember the bad just as much as you remember the good, so I had three days in high school, and waking up at, you know, like (laughs) 6.30 to do like military marches, yeah, I wouldn't, like, it was not fun in the moment, but it's it, it creates memories that you're never going to forget. They're all shaking their heads as he starts talking about military <laughs> yeah, marches. Yeah. Uh, you going to say something? Yeah. Uh, I, on the other hand, would actually uh, disagree to some extent. Um, Good. Cause, Finally. Because <laughs> <laughs> personally, me being a team captain of my football team, I really strive to be a leader on and off the field. So on the field, you know, I'm helping my teammates get better and everyone else get better. And in the classroom, you know, I raise my hand every time I'm asking questions. I'm focused in class, and you know I try to help my uh, classmates just as much. Um, I guess that's just me personally, being like you know having that leadership characteristic. I, I would say, um, but yeah, like it, for me, it carries on and off the field. So for me, it's both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two other things I want to touch on, and this also came up in the course of the classes, is giving back and philanthropy. Uh, I almost felt like when this came up in one of the classes about how everyone's pulling for everybody else, I didn't really think it was real because sports can be such a dog-eat-dog thing as can academics. Mm-hmm. How important for all four of you, Cristiano first, when you see an athlete or a brand being involved in philanthropic good that they're going to help people, does that impact whether you'll buy that brand or not or whether you'll follow that athlete? Uh, I think I think that will definitely help Like if I see... They're helping a cause that I believe in. Like I would probably, if I actually need the product, I would probably prefer this brand instead of their competitor mm-hmm. to like say support this cause or mm-hmm. something like that. And what about are there athletes that you guys follow or brands that you support because they they give back? Alexa? Um, one Michael Phelps. He started a brand, and at first I wasn't the biggest Michael Phelps fan. There's been a lot of controversy with him, but he didn't really race the shark. I don't know if everybody saw that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um. But he started a brand, and his biggest thing was, like, teaching younger kids how to swim. And I think, especially being a black person in the community and the stereotype of, like, black people can't swim, and he's, like, trying to get out to all these different communities helping him learn how to swim, I, like, bought a few things from his brand just because I think it's, like, a good cause that he's doing and kind of, like, not only breaking stereotypes of, like, people not knowing how to swim, but he's just, like, trying to be a good person. And I think, like, supporting that brand is supporting a better cause than just the person, like, who he is in the pool. Marvin, do you have an example of something you'd buy just because someone's, a, a guy or a girl is doing the right thing about it? Absolutely. Um, a can being from the Bay Area, you know, the Warriors. Um, I forget exactly what it is, but um, I, I'm pretty sure that, like, every time they make a three, they uh, donate a certain amount of profits to uh, malaria nets in mm-hmm. somewhere in Africa. And, I mean, absolutely, like, you know, like, Having that bigger purpose draws a bigger fan base and, you know, makes me want to invest money into that organization because I know not only is it benefiting my entertainment watching them play, but it does have that bigger purpose overseas. Mm-hmm. Pat, do you, have, do you have a brand that, that, that you'd follow or an athlete that you'd follow just because they're doing the right thing? Um, I can't think of one on top of my head right now. Is there anybody who you wouldn't follow who you think is kind of a jerk because of that, because they don't do the right thing? Oh, of course. Like, yeah. who, who, what's one example? I mean, I don't like it when uh, guys. I'm sorry. This is. Um, I know there's definitely guys out there. I can't think of them. But um, to answer your question, I think it depends on what type of philanthropy work that they're doing. Are they just simply cashing a check and writing money and sending money, or are they having personable like engagement? Are they donating their time to people? Um, there's a ESPN 30 for 30 on Jimmy V, Jimmy Valvano, mm-hmm. and that whole story to me was really inspirational. That really moved me. So the, the Jimmy Fund, uh, that that's a big deal to me. And so like, to see athletes support that, to see ESPN as a network for support v that, for yeah. the V Foundation, mm-hmm. That makes me more inclined to support ESPN. Mm-hmm. 
interesting to support ESPN as a brand. Yeah, to like watch because of stuff, what they do because of how yeah, and even like itself the ESPN mm-hmm. thirty for thirty that's raising awareness mm-hmm. through a whole production level. Yep. And to me, like that got the message to me because I wasn't alive during that time period, but it was able to relay that to me. Mm-hmm. And so I appreciate ESPN for raising that awareness to me. So in turn, I'm gonna support them. Great. So coming uh, as we kind of wrap this up, coming to Columbia for three weeks, it obviously wasn't about you know, a showcase and being intense on the field. It was about learning about the business of sports. What are some of the lessons that you picked up and maybe when you stop playing, now you have a better feel for what you may want to do or what you want to do in college? Are there some lessons, uh, best practices or things that you're going to take away from this that you'll go back and tell other people uh, who may have to give up playing at some point, hey, here's some other things that you could do or here's some lessons that I learned that I can pass on. Pat? Um, storytelling. I think uh, the speak the speaker that came on Thursday during the last week. Mandy Antonacci. Yeah, she really emphasized that. She said that was one of her favorite parts, and that really related to me as well as the speaker uh, on Friday, the lacrosse player, uh, Chaz Woodson. Chaz Woodson, mm-hmm. and uh, he he one was a coach, and the other was a storyteller. And to me, that's actually exactly what I want to do. You know, I want to go into college, and I want to produce media that tells the story of the athlete because that's why I love sports and that's why I've always loved sports. I truly think it's the dramatic, dramatics, theatrics, the Hollywood, but it's authentic. There is no script. It's real life. Um, so to, to see those roles, to see Jesse Eisenbrand and his uh, career as journalism, that was really incredible exposure. Cristiano, some uh, of the things you've learned? I think one thing I, I would take home would be networking. Like to... <laughs> sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, to get to know the people around you better and to like say uh, if you know this coach uh, like after like five years like if you need any help you ask him say like uh, I used to be your uh, player like uh, is there anything I can do to help you or something like that I think that's very important in this industry. Mm-hmm. Alexa? Um, one thing that Chaz Woodson said when he came in that I wrote down, he said being interested in something, you do it when it's convenient, but being committed to something, you do it when you like take no excuses. And I took that like on the business perspective. He was talking about it as far as lacrosse, but as far as business, like if I'm interested in something, I'll like look at ESPN when I have the chance. I'll look at like Bleacher Report, but then being committed to something, like you'll come into class, Joe, and you'll like ask us what was the biggest news in sports, and I'm like, I have no idea. Like I didn't check. I was just looking at the college football news, but like you have to really just like make sure you stay on top of everything and just stay with it. Like even if you're not too interested in the field, like you have to be committed to what you want to do and make sure you're just like ahead of the game because if you're not doing it, someone else will. Marvin. Pat mentioned uh, Mandy Antonacci, and she uh, she told us a really good quote that I really took away was um, do something or write something worth reading, or if not, do something worth reading, something like that. Right. And then um, yeah, I mean, pretty it's much Benjamin every- Franklin actually. Yeah, quote, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Benjamin Franklin. And then she told us I didn't even know it was Benjamin Franklin, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Cristiano also talked about networking. That was huge for me because. Uh, uh, during this course, I met Guy Fork, and you know when I first met him, I was like, "Oh, this is a pretty like it's just a random ass like big." Oh, yeah, like, that's okay. You can say that's a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like a random like big dude just like coming into class. I'm like, "Who is this guy?" And then um, he actually talked to me. I didn't even know he like he had sons that played you Kyrie. Know, in the NFL. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In the NFL. And then he told me, "Oh, hey, you know, you play football. Send me your film, and I'll send it out to college." So I was like, "Wow, like that's amazing." So like. That really emphasized the importance of networking. You may want to send it on your own and not tell anybody that's coming from Guy, but that's a different <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. But that was really important mm-hmm. for me, so networking is huge. Pat? I mean, speaking of networking, this entire course is based off your experience. Like Joe Favorito's, your experience in the sports industry. You're able to bring these incredible guest speakers because of your Absolutely. ability to network. So yeah. you always just pay them all. That's the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they can't like you, right? Like, no, like that's Joe. for sure. <laughs> um, so I think that speaks to itself. Like the mm. whole course layout that you're able to bring all these incredible people from different uh, like aspects of the industry, what does that speak to? That speaks to your ability to network. And so I thought that was really incredible. And another uh, speaker that really uh, like spoke to me was Peter Robert Casey, the mm-hmm. co-founder of uh, Passport Sports, because the very first thing he told, A, he made it very personal. His introduction was very personal. And the picture of him playing basketball outside in the snow, like yeah. this is a guy who's passionate about sports. He loves sports. He wants to get his foot in the door any way he can. 
And that relates to me because that's exactly how I feel. Like, this is exactly what I want to do. I will do anything to be in this industry. He did a blog for two years without earning any income off of it. And he talked about patience and persistence. And to me, like, that's the direction, that the, that's the qualities that uh, I really valued um, to have that. And, like, that's going to help me in the future. That it's not easy. It's not quick, no matter how bad you want it. It's more of, like, that test of time. One last thing I want to ask before we find out how people can follow you um, who are your role models? Who, who do you follow? And you can say your parents, because I'm sure they're going to listen to it, but like, who are the role models that, that would people would be surprised if your friends were listening to this and you said you're my role models? Alexa? Um, I don't think any of my friends would be surprised, but <laughs> Troy Palomalu. Wow. Um, because of the hair? It, it started off with that, because that's what my parents used to call me when I was running around after a shower, but... Um, just even though he's not playing anymore, he's still an inspiration off the field. Like I follow him in all of his platforms and what he's doing with his foundation and everything. It's just, he's a personable guy and he's never, he was never trying to be in the spotlight. That was never what he was doing. He focused on his game and his family and like just being a person. He wasn't trying to be that huge superstar. Like, yeah, he had those commercials, but I just, I always looked up to him. Um, I follow him on everything he does. Mm. He's on my passwords, so he's just like. Oh, there you go! Don't be giving that. Up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, I mean it's not. It's not just him. It's not just his okay. name. Right. Marvin. Um, of course, you know I gotta look up to my parents, especially since they've sacrificed. What are your parents' names? Uh, Maria and Marvin. Okay. And Mar- yeah, I'm Junior and Marvin. But uh, you know they've sacrificed so much for me, coming from uh, an immigrant background, and. Um, Where's your family from? The Philippines. Okay. Yeah, and um, you know. Aside from that, uh, being an athlete, somebody I really look up to is James Harrison from the mm-hmm. Steelers. Just Kinda because like the Steelers, Steelers. Thing going on. <laughs> yeah, Jeez. yeah, yeah. I'm, but, a Giants um, fan. I'm a Niners fan, but <laughs> I absolutely just love James Harrison's work ethic. He's never satisfied and is always pushing to like achieve like you know that new goal. And he's always setting new like like new limits and everything. He's just mm-hmm. somebody I really look up to. Cristiano, uh, I have to say it's my parents, of course, because. Especially my mom, she because my dad worked in China. Mm-hmm. And, Where's your mom? Uh, with with me in Vancouver. Okay. So it's been very tough for her because uh, her English is not too good. So she uh, has did she to, name you Cristiano on purpose? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's very tough for her, mm-hmm. especially in a, in an English speaking country. Uh, like I have to translate everything for her. Uh, it's very hard. Like she doesn't understand anything people say to her. Like sometimes it is kind of even embarrassing for her because uh, back home she like uh, knows where like knows it all, mm-hmm. but in here it's like uh, she knows nothing. And uh, for athletes, I think it'll be Andres Iniesta. Uh, he's my favorite player. I think one of the reason is why is uh, he he's never in the spotlight as Alex said. Uh, her favorite uh, athlete is uh, he's very talented and he has nothing. Uh, that cause any controversies to him, mm-hmm. even though he's like one of the top uh, midfielders in soccer. Uh, I think he's a great person overall. Pat, I have so many. That's such a. my last. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know, I know. You plan that, Joe. Um, pick two. Pick two. All right, I'll talk about Justin two. Bieber. No. Ha ha ha! Shut up, Bieber. <laughs> um. <laughs> We're gonna touch on Barstool last. Go ahead. Um, definitely my parents. That's the mm. obvious answer. Um, that they, I think they already know, so I don't have to explain it here. Mm. Your um, parents' names are uh, Tommy and Kim Craig. Okay. Um, one of my English teachers from my prep school, Fred Seebeck, uh, mm-hmm. and also he helped. He actually wrote my recommendation to get into this program. Him and uh, Patricia Sasser. So huge mm-hmm. shout out, thanks, and gratitude to them. But I guess my role model would actually be, I'm stealing this from my dad, uh, Winston Churchill. Wow. Uh, yeah, didn't expect that one, Colorado. <laughs> um, man, just because everything that he went through, like, over and over and over, he put his neck out, and over and over, he got slammed, and he made the wrong choice. But that persistence under fire, that trust, that individual, personal, like, self-confidence to just persist over and over, I thought that was, uh, and it's just inspiring to see. And then athletically, um, there's so many, but right now, honestly, there's a pitcher in the Detroit Tigers system named Daniel Norris, and I actually saw him, he was first exposed to me as the man of the van, 
the pitcher who lives in a van in the offseason, the way he lives life, the way he appreciates life, I thought is incredible. Like he like truly loves nature and very organic and he goes against the whole like you don't have to have that pro lifestyle and he had cancer and he was able yeah. to defeat that and beat that and still play baseball. Like he knows his loves and he pursues his love. So I thought uh, those are my role models. And I said that was going to be the last question, but I actually do have one which was just inspired by you guys. So I don't want to talk just about Barstool, but about Deadspin or listicles. Sure. How much is people say, oh, it's big traffic and we're going we're gonna to follow, but it's silliness. Does silliness factor into what you guys, how you guys will consume media or are you serious about what it is? How, how do you pick Barstool Sports as something that you want to follow or Deadspin or... Or, or sports with friends, whatever it is? Well, for me, I feel like there should be a balance, you know? Like, you shouldn't um, overwhelm yourself with too much of that silliness. And this is Marvin. Yeah. So. <laughs> so. Yeah, you, you wouldn't want to have too much silliness. Um, not well, Neither would you want to have too much, you know, serious, because, you know, um, that's just me. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Alexa? Um, well, you mentioned Barstool Sports, and in class I made a comment when I said it was like run by douchebag guys, uh-huh. and Pat actually showed Which me Which I keep of it. wanting to tweet out, and I haven't, <laughs> but I won't, so go ahead. Um, Pat actually showed me a video, he showed me and Marvin on the bus, and I have to give him credit, it was entertaining. Yeah. It was entertaining. Yeah. Pat's arms just went up in the air. Pirate ship. And so, like, when you first click on their website, a lot of articles come up, and they're not the most, like, things you, as a girl, you want to click on, um... But some of the videos, I have to give him props, it was pretty good. So yeah. I think, like, having a balance between... The pizza stuff, apparently, is pretty good. <laughs> like, so, so, okay. Like what Marvin said, having a balance between kind of that mm. silly stuff, but also you want quality information, mm. you want to get your news, mm. you want to see what's happening in the sports world. That's mm. not a ton of jokes, you know? Cristiano, do you follow stupidity, or are you kind of <laughs> uh, serious? Like, one of the reasons why I choose uh, Hulu instead of other uh, media outlet, because... Uh, even though, like, sometimes for especially breaking news, they're, like, say, like, two minutes, three minutes up behind. Like, I remember this one, uh, the Chinese basketball player, Joe Chi, mm-hmm. uh, before he signed the t- contract, uh, like, uh, I think, like, two weeks before he signed the contract, like, all the media uh, besides them said, like, oh, uh, some credible source said, told them that he already signed with the Houston Rockets. But, uh, like, after, like say 10 minutes and then Hupu said like they talked to uh, Dochi's uh, a- agent that they actually haven't made any decisions yet so I think uh, and like it's not just one case like it's mm-hmm. every case that like they're very very serious about uh, the news instead of like just uh, spamming people throwing things out fake for, news yeah. as, we, as we have mm-hmm. so Pat I'm going to give you the last word here and then we'll ask you guys uh, how we can find you yeah, so Barstool Sports, which I put my flag in day one, and I did not know the flag that I was going to get, but every single day I'm actually very willing to defend it. Everyone has every right to say that uh, they do clickbait, they're sexist, misogynistic. From an outside perspective, I totally get that. Like, trust me, I, when we were scrolling through the website, I was not proud to be like, yeah, this is the uh, media outlet that I put my uh, flag in. But that's the, the, what I think they'd be proud me. of the douchebag guys lying. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 they, they actually wouldn't be. Actually, it's Peter Rosenberg. It's August. Uh, at the end of July, Peter Rosenberg went off on Barstool calling them a bunch of frat guys, douchey frat guys. And they're not. Um, I really don't think they are. If you're a fan and you follow them and you really get to know them, mm-hmm. um, and with all due respect, people that say that, I think they're ignorant about the website. They just see it from an mm-hmm. outside perspective. And that's totally cool. You don't want to get invested in that. But you have to understand that your uh, value and the substance of your comment is diminished because you're somewhat ignorant of, about the website. Um, why I love Barstool is because they thrive on their personality. Um, when you read their uh, articles and their websites and their Twitter, you know the characters that are writing it. And you get to know these as people. And uh, Dan Katz, uh, one of the core bloggers, actually told this to Peter. The reason why Barstool has such a loyal following is because they put themselves out there so much, their personal life out there so much. And for God's sake, the owner, the president, like put his breakup with like a 23-year-old all over for entertainment. And so, like, they put themselves out there so people think that, oh, these guys are like my friends. So they're willing to go to bat for their friends. Uh, also, the way they've utilized social media, it's constant in my face entertainment when I want it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 24-7. It's always.
always there. It's commentary. That's actually what I think is really important. Uh, Barstool, yeah, you can say it's silly, um, but why you have to, I choose it as commentary. I don't get my news source from there. They include the news sources uh, preceding their commentary on the blogs, but um, yeah, it's just funny, realistic, straight uh, commentary that I think I really appreciate. It's not buttoned up. It's not politically correct. It's not on the way other side to get clickbait like Clay Travis does. I think it's just authentic, like what these guys are. They're relatable. Uh, they sell merchandise. They, I mean, they have a Podfathers <laughs> podcast of content where it's just about these three guys that are raising their kids and their stories and their sagas of raising kids and what it's like. They have a podcast dedicated to military content. It's raising right. awareness, and they're doing all this other stuff that people don't see if you're not a fan. Like Uncle Chaps the other day just raised... He's going off. I'm going <laughs> off. Yeah. I'm going off. I've been you waiting for this. Typical. Typical. Uncle cool. Chaps just raised a lot of money for military service dogs. Mm. The PMT boys raised $60,000 for a charity uh, just from their fans. So I think they do a lot of stuff if you just pay attention a little more in depth. Cool. Viva. Guys, thank you very much for doing this. But as we leave, we'd like to ask everybody one thing, how you can get more followers. So if you're on Twitter, <laughs> um, how can people find you, Pat? Uh, my Twitter handle is pcraig7, and my Instagram handle is pcraig34. Spell Craig and spell it out. P-C-R-A-I-G. Marvin? You're going to laugh. But uh, my Twitter handle is at uh, thejuiceman underscore 52. <laughs> Uh, again, the Juice Man underscore fifty two, and then my Instagram is Kuyamarv K U Y A M A R V. Uh, my Twitter is Alexa Simpson thirty four. Alexa like the Amazon Alexa, and Simpson like the show thirty four. <laughs> um, and then my Instagram is Alexa dot Simpson two. Uh, I don't have a Twitter just yet, but my Instagram account is I, I think it's Y Cristiano. Y Cristiano. Y is like the, the letter? letter Y. Yeah. Okay, great. Guys, thank you very much. Once again, this has been the Columbia University Sports Podcast, The Cusp Show. I'm Joe Favorito, standing in for my co-host Tom Richardson this week. This has been a great show. Thanks very much, guys. Thanks for having us. And we'll see you down the road. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Cusp Show, the Columbia University Sports Podcast. I'm Tom Richardson, and my co-host is Joe Favorito. Our production assistant this week is Columbia student Reese Eisenman. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple's podcast app, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and other key platforms. You can also find it at blogtalkradio.com forward slash The Cusp Show. And you can get in touch with us on Twitter at CU underscore SPS underscore sports. Also, you can find out more about our program, the Columbia University Sports Management Program, by going online at sps.columbia.edu forward slash sports hyphen management. Thank you very much. We'll see you next time.